Hello everyone and welcome to the Pink Bike Podcast. This week, I, Henry Quinney, am joined by Dario, Mike and Alicia in Ciotta. And we're kind of flying blind for just a nice family sit down as we talk about mountain bikes, the festival, what's coming up, plans for the summer and what we're excited for. So Dario, you're pretty new to the Pink Bike team. I am. Is this your first Pink Bike podcast? It is. Oh, great. Well, the professional standards you have, you can leave them at the door. <laughs> Excellent. I can put them to the door. So without sounding like a, you know, a misconnection or Lonely Hearts page, tell us a little bit about yourself. Hi, everybody. I'm Dario. Uh, I'm a ripe young age of 26 years old. I reside in Bellingham, Washington, about half a mile from Mike. Um, Such a nice young man. The Bellingham uh, crew is growing. The Bellingham crew is growing. It was Mike, then it was the yeah. two of us. Now it's all of us. It's all of us. And I love to ride my you bike. Ride mountain bikes. And in addition to many other things, but I feel like I'll leave those for like future yeah, totally. discoveries. Yeah, well, that'd be nice. Yeah. Easter eggs along the way. Mike, how did you meet Dario? Just riding around? I think that's how we met. Yeah, just riding around. We met him at Crankworks last year, but I think I'd run into him before. But yeah. Crankworks last year. Mm-hmm. I think we'd yeah. like seen each other on trail and at various like Wednesday night races. And then we just happened to ride a lot at Crankworks. Yeah. And then that worked. And here we are. Yeah. Fun to ride bikes with. And he knows how to write some words and take some pictures. And those are all the qualifications the, you need. The, the yes. more that I can do. <laughs> that's that's all I need to do. <laughs> I mean, two out of three of those Get are fine. Good so. jobs! <laughs> <laughs> Alicia, well, it's been obviously that podcast with Mike a little while ago. We were hanging out, you know, yeah. maybe six weeks ago. Yeah, but we haven't actually seen each other. I've been, I've been having my life fall apart on various continents around the world. You know, I've been having it fall apart on one continent. Just, so we have you, you, you tracked a it down few to just things one. in common. <laughs> <laughs> how have you been, and how is Seattle for you? Oh, it's been interesting. Um, Seattle's been pretty good. It's been really good to come and see everyone. Mm. It's also a little bit of a balancing act because I'm mostly not working. And so it's strange to figure out what it is that I'm actually doing. Yes. And I still don't have a good answer for that. But yeah, it's been good just to kind of test the waters of the bike world again. And this is the world that I've built kind of most of my life around. And so I've been missing out on not working and not biking and feeling just like a lot of everything in my life is up in the air. Mm. So. It's cool to be here. Well, I often talk about in Pink Bike, basically, you know, Kaz, Sarah, and yourself would do all the hard work. And oh, now thank I think, you very now much. Now I think Dario is, I think you're going to be on that team. Dario is kind of a heavy hitter. Yeah, now you're like a disciple yeah, of Yeah, bringing the big guns over here. You better watch out, guys. <laughs> yeah, um, you're, part, you, 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 you're now under the, the Church of Levy, just as lovely, I am. Lovely, lovely. Um, you know, I came here with the specific intention, and, you know, I was very vocal about this. I didn't want to do such a good job here that I had to do more trade shows. You know, when your dad asked you to make a cup of coffee and you make it just bad enough that he wouldn't ask again? Mm-hmm. That's, that's the level I've been operating at this weekend. And it's, I love um, that. I'll join you in that. Yeah, welcome to the club, man. Oh, great. It's a good club so far. Yeah, I, I'm, you know, I'm the antidote to, to um, hard work and dynamic, dynamic internet workings. <laughs> Kaz, you do most things around here. You've now got another doer. Um, how was your week at Sea Otter? It was good. Yeah, kind of like Alicia said, it's just nice to see everybody. It's super sunny and just, I mean, I don't know, a lot of these people you didn't see even the last couple of Seattle's because they're, for various reasons, mm-hmm. pandemic and all that stuff. So it's just kind of a good, like, season kickoff, you know, get plans going, talk about bikes, and yeah. I mean, we don't really know when this is going to come out, so I don't want to make it too Seattle-based, but do you think in some ways that the sort of pandemic sort of reset people's expectations around trade shows? 
because I think a lot of people sort of like a couple of years off and like, actually, they weren't that bad. It's quite nice hanging out. Yeah. I mean, I think if, if anything, people's memories are really short. And so all of a sudden yeah. everybody just wants to go back to normal, even if normal wasn't amazing to begin with. But mm. like, I will say Seattle is good just because you are, you can make those connections and wander around and see lots of things and consumers can go to it. So that's a good part of it. I don't mind it. It's short enough too. you know, it's plus it's in North America. So I don't have to travel all the way on a huge plane ride to Europe to wander some halls. But I think Seattle makes a lot of sense to me because it's consumer facing. Mm-hmm. The other trade shows that aren't, I don't really necessarily know. I don't know. I, th- I think that I, I would say I've had a really good time at Seattle. Mm-hmm. I mean, Taipei was cool, but like, I didn't think I've had so much more fun time here. I think because it is consumer facing and it's not just like a lot of those Taipei stalls were just meeting rooms and there was just a receptionist on the front. Yeah. And, and that was that. Exactly. And plus, I mean, these days the internet does exist. So a lot of those meetings can just be internet meetings. We kind yeah. of figured that out, you know, in the past we did a virtual trade show. So I think there's, there's kind of both like those virtual trade shows work well where you just kind of gather a bunch of information but talking to people face to face is pretty nice i do think there's a benefit too to like you don't have to send 75 emails you can just walk to 75 booths yeah. and like shake someone's hand and exactly that's a lot of work done in a very short amount of time which is yeah. nice i think one yeah one like post pandemic hangover that i really don't like is this um everyone got so used to booking in zoom calls you'd be mm-hmm. like oh hey man i'll give you a call sometime we'll catch up and they're like, I'm, th- I'm free at Thursday at four. Like, d- if you're busy, just don't, don't pick up. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> like, I'll ring you back. <laughs> um, yeah. Dari, have you done many trade shows before? Um, in a professional capacity, no. But I lived a couple hours from here and went to school there. And so I would come up for Seattle quite often. So why didn't move to Bellingham? You know, uh, beautiful wine country. Which is, I is left the like beautiful <laughs> central coast for a dark and gloomy woods. Yeah. Uh, I just wanted more seasons. It's like moving from the Hobbit. It's like moving from the Shire to Mordor. No, in a way. Yeah, I think I'm more of a Mordor person than I am a Shire person. So it's be fitting. Yeah, we we now and I'm like the outcast here, not part of the Bellingham contingent. Do you really, do you think you'll be in Bellingham like long term? Do you think it's it's got it's got everything you need? I mean. I really yeah. like the place. I've only been there once, but I, I thought it was great. I think it's really great. I think it is, well, I mean, I guess it's obvious since I do live there. It is the best place to live that I've found so far. Yeah. And even if I'm not mountain biking, which I'm not right now, it's pretty good. It has a nice town. It has a lot of trees. It has seasons like Dario mentioned. It's just a pleasant place to be. And so without mountain biking, and if feel free to tell me to, you know, piss off basically. Of course. But... How, how have you been filling your time? You know, what's because you, you are someone I think you, you do, you're a multi sporter anyway. I don't know if that's the term, <laughs> but you know, you put more energy towards your flying or. Yeah, I've been putting more energy into paragliding. Yes, nice. Um, it is strange not having mountain biking and not working right now. Mm. Like it's worse than I would have imagined a year off work could possibly be. Um, yeah. But I also d- never envisioned it playing out like this. Um, so I see a lot of friends, I go on walks, I go running now a lot more than I did before I got hurt. Um, which is at all, I guess. Yes. Yeah. yeah. Um, yeah, that's that's mostly it. I've been for the last month, I've been on the road visiting friends in Missoula, Montana, where I used to live and Salt Lake city. Yeah. And that's been cool. And I was paragliding in both places too. And so, oh, I read a lot now, like spent more time than ever reading and i spent a lot of time reading before and can you just talk us through your first time paragliding and the expert tutelage that you received because ah. this was wild to me like <laughs> i thought to go paragliding you had to get you know probably like seven licenses do a four-year intensive training course <laughs> but it wasn't quite like that for you. it wasn't you have to get approximately one license usually 
Um, and that's mostly because there's an organization that oversees most of the flying sites in the U.S. and provides some form of insurance so that if you like royally mess up, it won't fall back on you as much. Um, and to fly those sites, you need to have a certification called a P2. To get mine, I showed up and my first day. So my instructor, yeah, talk, I t- adore t- in him. Quite granular detail because this is fascinating. Yes, okay, okay. I adore him. We're friends now and get along really well now. But at first, the first day I went home and wrote a paper list of questions I wanted to get answered through the week and made sure to keep asking those questions. And he has amazing information if you ask the right questions, but he won't offer it up unless you prompt him. So anyway, I showed up and I had just driven a big part of the night to get there, actually. So I was kind of sleep deprived and just glad to have made it. And then he had another student launch. He was kind of just like, do you think you could do that? Just hold right here and don't stop running till you're off the hill. I was like, okay, so. I feel like the getting off um, the hill part is the easier part. Like, how do you, <laughs> yeah. how does he coach you through the landing component? Because turns out landing is mandatory once you launch. Like, you need to come back to the earth. <laughs> right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's like the launch part is optional, but once you're in the air, you have to get out of the air. There will some be point. contact with the ground once yes. more. Yeah. So I thought I didn't really know what to do with that, but I was like, okay, so I'm going to land at some point, right? And he's like, yeah, I'll be on the radio. I'll tell you what to do. Jesus. When you get there, and, um, I was like, okay, well, like maybe just give me a little rundown right now so I know what to expect. And he was like, yeah, there's going to be tall grass at the landing zone. When your feet are at the height of the top of the grass, start pulling your brakes and be done pulling your brakes by the time your feet are on the ground. And what? that was the information I had before <laughs> I flew. And wow. In hindsight, all of that is great advice. Um, what if there's no grass? What if there's no grass? <laughs> Imagine tall grass. Yeah. I didn't have to imagine it this time around, which was, yeah. It wow. worked out. I didn't get hurt. Still haven't gotten hurt flying. It's, Is the steering part pretty intuitive? Yeah. You basically okay. just have a handle in each hand. Yeah. Um, and those are brakes if you pull both of them. And oh, okay. still brakes if you only pull one of them, but it steers you. Yeah, right. It just pulls huh. down the back of the wing. So it right. either slow down or steer you. It's it. I, I think we spoke about this before, but you know, when you get on a chairlift skiing, I am the adult that's shrieking with fear. Get that bar down! <laughs> I'm so terrified. You're, you're, the one, you're the one hitting people's helmets yeah. just right away. <laughs> yeah, oh, yeah. Totally. I like actually. Funny enough, I was um, <laughs> and I got, I got like told off by a, a bro, a skier bro, because I was literally like, bar down, bar down, coming down, <laughs> big bar coming down. And I was like, I'm just gonna bring the bar down. And he was like, "What you doing, bruh?" And I was uh, just like, "Listen!" And he he was like, he thought he he mentioned the f word, oh. and then he, he mentioned it. he mentioned the f word, and I I was quite quite a firm rebuttal, and uh, yeah, but yeah, sure. I, I, I'm terrified. People people don't put the bar down. No, you don't put the bar down. Don't what do you put the bar you down? The, it's a, you're just on a park bench. Yeah, it's fine. It's fine. Have you ridden some places uh, don't have bars? See, I think there's some equivalency with just sitting. Like we're all sitting in chairs right, right now and not scared of and falling the off. Probably aspect of a chairlift like kind of keeps you sat in it. There's like, wind. Sometimes <laughs> we're awfully heavy compared to wind. Though. I have put the bar down. Like, when when it's was the last time you saw a 150 pound object to get like blown around? I just, I just honestly, it just it's the lack. It makes no sense to not have the bar down. <laughs> it makes no sense, and I hate that it's cool. To, it's not to, even a cool. It's it, not like not wearing a helmet, skateboarding or whatever. It's just like, dude, you should see the looks like it. I'm there. Like, excuse me, sir. 
please may I put the please may I put the bar to? I mean, I would never say no to someone who asks <laughs> yeah. me to put the bar to. But like, <laughs> yeah, I mean, it wouldn't be mean to you. You get that accent. I'd be like, all right, this guy's just really proper and fine. Yeah. But it's one of those like it's more like an inconvenience because you do have to remember to raise it again at the top and it's just yeah. like a thing. Yeah. You just don't do it if you yeah. ski a ton. Well, it's I, fine. Uh, it's okay. Do you have ski areas in England? I no. should no. know this, but I don't. No, no. we we yeah, just, so yeah. we just have pubs. Once you it's start different. talking, it's immediate that it's not. A lifelong endeavor, for right? You. Perhaps, unless he was like you know wintering in the Alps or something. Well, yeah, when I was doing this, <laughs> made wintering, my friend, right? <laughs> wintering. <laughs> I like when people use seasons as verbs. Right. <laughs> I figured it was very posh. You know? yeah. <laughs> we were um, we were riding doing this race thing in the Alps last year, and you had to put your own bike on the on the on the chair that you were getting onto. So you had to put it on, then run round. Right. My friend couldn't get his bike on, <laughs> and then, so we, like, we were both around the front. And I like intuitively like try and like brace the chair a bit to slow it down. I don't know. It, just, it was just oh, intuitively it just pushes through you. Yeah, and then an basically machine. my leg underneath the thing. And I stopped. <laughs> yeah. Is it my femur? What's the one? Like your, <laughs> your, your tibia, tibia. tibia my, my, yeah, my, I'm pretty much nearly snapped that. It was pretty much off. Oof. Got to oh, the top. God. Got to the top and his bike had fallen off. Oh. And we were just like first lift of this whole weekend. We'd been like planning for months. God. And we'd already got a tib fib and lost bike. Oh, <laughs> wow. Wait, last question on this Go topic. On. Have you ridden Top of the World in Whistler? I've never ridden Whistler. What? Uh, what? Why yeah, I've, I've ridden Lord of the Squirrels, but I've never ridden... What did you do there. last summer? I was... You I was, live half I was, an hour away. I mean, you're in the World Cup, but what's your... I thought you were around. That's crazy. Okay, so the, right. wow. the first summer I got over here... Oh, Henry. Yeah. I, was, <laughs> yeah. I was living in Squamish, just peddling my heart out. And I mean, I love honestly, to pedal, but I also really, really like going to the okay, bike park. I'm going to be honest with you. My life was not going so well for the old Quinster. Oh, I, was, I was just not having a nice time. So I would pretty much just ride like, the same track, the same loop every day. And I would eat the same foods at the same time. And I would just sit in a darkened room playing like age of empires. Oh, it was right. a very strange That's time. Of your life. Okay, okay. Well, this yeah. summer is going to be a new, new Henry, new life. Yeah, no, new world. I want to get up. Like, I've never, I've never been the back. It's going to make you shit your pants. The, that lift is about as like vertical, uh, relief as you could have, and it's just up this sheer cliff. Oh, God. We'll oh, no, no, I've, I've yeah. skied up there, actually. Sorry, I've skied up oh, there. okay. And I skied up there last week, and like, we looked at the... Last I'm, week? I'm, yeah, I'm like a... Pro, oh, I'm not a very good stuff. skier. And I was there just like, the, the visibility doesn't look great there, folks. And everyone was like, noob. And I was like, please. <laughs> and then we got, as we're getting on, it said like, the people in front of us said, how is it up there? And this guy said, you won't be able to see shit. <laughs> like the lifty. And then there's a sign saying, expert skiers open. And then so we did the whole thing, and it was like being in a sensory deprivation tank. Yeah, you right. can see, at one point I was going forwards, and I thought I was going backwards, all this, and then eventually I saw this <laughs> small child skiing, and I was like, if I just follow him, if he's going to fall off a cliff, I'll just go a different way. And it was the perfect canary in the oh, that's great. Yeah. yeah, I just stayed like 10 foot behind this, I mean, he was probably 8 years old, just pizzing his way down, and I just thought, this is this system works. <laughs> yeah. See, so what you're describing right now is actually how it is for me to ski nowadays. Just yeah. fun fact. So what, I, uh, why is that? Could you just... Yeah, I lost some of my low contrast vision, apparently. I don't know exactly the scientific um, meaning behind any of it, but I just can't really see when colors are very close to each other. So white, um, white anything against snow doesn't show up. And turns out what you're interpreting and making sense of a lot of times when you're skiing is snow against snow. Yes. And so if you can't see white on white, it just doesn't. Um, is it true? It's invisible. Is it true that what you can't see can't hurt you? Is that a thing? <laughs> yeah. uh, I think that's so true. So far, none of it has. <laughs> it messes with my head, but so far I'm unharmed. Nice. So, Kaz, I, I'm going to make a solemn vow here not to use the 
phrase, word, or terminology around link glide? Because apparently I talk about it too much. You do, yeah. But <laughs> can you tell us what, what else is happening in the bike industry and what's going to be happening over this next six months? Interesting that maybe you've seen a sneak preview of or an indication of a trend. Oh, this yeah. Week I need to just like readjust my brain. I was just thinking about Whistler laps and riding bikes and not actually the parts that go on the bikes. But, oh, okay. Well, maybe yeah, we can yeah. talk about that some yeah, more. Yeah, well, I'm excited for you to ride Whistler. We'll go with that. And then there's a gondola this year that's going to be seen more use than in the past at Whistler. It's going to be so, sweaty. No? Yes, but you'll be safe because you'll be fully enclosed oh, yeah, on all true. four yeah. sides. Yeah. And yeah. then I think the Green Creekside lift is like 10 people or something. Yeah. It's gigantic. Yeah. Oh. So you have new, new opportunities for chairlift riding. Befitting but, the. Uh, Whistler opening in a few weeks. There's a bunch of new downhill bikes coming out. So yes, there is. I yeah. am so excited. I think you know I, I love Matt Beer, but he he obviously does have dibs on testing these bikes because I think he's a bit better rider than me. I think he just edges it. Yeah, but he can only ride one bike at a time. Well, yeah. so that means and, there's me extras. And what if um someone accidentally poured like 15 liters of baby oil on the stairs to his apartment? Mm. You know, don't take that. We need it. We need it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. It was just. It was just like downhill bikes on the Y axis with Henry Quinney. And he's just <laughs> yeah. there, just like swinging the body off to the inside and turns. The bike, you know, not touching nothing but knobs. I could make that happen. I believe it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, I mean, looking forward, there are some, yeah, downhill bikes going to be launched soon just because, you know, bike park season coming up. So we saw a GT Flurry was, yeah, Flurry. How should I call it's, that? Yeah, it's oh, a snow bike of GT Flurry. It's just a collab of McDonald's. <laughs> <laughs> no, the GT Fury is coming out. We've seen that. Carbon looks it's nice. Been, that's been around for a long time. Yeah, but I think it might actually get released, maybe. Why year. do you think, I heard, you know, something about produ- booking production slots over COVID, et cetera, et cetera. Um, but we've seen long, we've seen, you know, the Giant Glory, mm-hmm. which I, I assume, well, I'm pretty sure will be coming out this year. Um, the, the McFlurry. You know, why do you think these downhill bikes have been so long in the works? Then Yeti, you know, spend 25 minutes and they bolt together something that looks absolutely dialed. And yeah, and then they're look, not going to release that one. So. Yeah, it's yeah. just out of spite. Yeah. This is how easy it is for yeah. us. I, mean, I think it really comes down to, you know, when you're working on projects, if you have to put something on the back burner, it's going to be the downhill bike just because yeah. the number of units you're going to sell. Mm. So you want to put the trail bikes out, the XC bikes, those, you, you know, there's so many more of them. So those get kind of priority for production. But I mean, all of us love to ride downhill bikes, but realistically, companies just don't sell as many of them. Yeah, I mean, you can, you know, you can forget about Earth Day, you can forget about world hunger relief or maybe achieving peace in the Middle East. The thing that everyone really wants, the petition that people really want to sign is the petition that Dario and I are going to start to keep companies making downhill bikes. Specifically, uh, that Yeti one. Yeah, specifically. We want that one. We want that one. And then I think, you know, I'd want it to be, I want it to be, you know, like a petition to industry leaders with over yeah. 500 signatures and we're just going to stand outside Safeway and you know independent store and just get anyone to sign this thing we can mm-hmm. maybe we'll put a little thing and we'll like remove a velcro strip so they think they're doing it for like you know like <laughs> yeah. pull off. Door care uh-huh. and we yeah, we pull off. off for like whatever ASPCA bullshit <laughs> yeah. and it's yeah. just down the bikes I don't really care much about the spay neuter society but I do care about yeah yeah I mean that's a, it's fair yeah it is like it's one of those things we do see people kind of bemoaning the death of the downhill bike. It's not dead, but there's just more, I'd say fewer people are riding downhill bikes because of the other bike's capability. We've kind of gone over that before, but realistically, I mean, a lot of us here, actually none of us, I might be the only one. Oh, you've, you've owned downhill bikes, Henry, right? Yeah. I have okay, not yeah. owned a downhill yeah. bike. I've got a downhill bike right now. Perfect. Yeah. So, but like you and I in the past would always have a downhill bike mm. probably as, a, as your secondary bike. But nowadays, if you don't have one, it doesn't feel as much of a void. I would say yeah. if you got the big enduro bike, you're kind of like, I'll be yeah, okay. I feel like we have like plenty capable. I mean, I don't think the the commenters being like, well, it's because enduro bikes are just as capable as downhill bikes <laughs> now. Like that's bullshit. But I think like you can do almost anything on an enduro bike. 
And you can pedal it. Yeah. And for yeah, people that are just, enduro bikes are just so capable right now. Right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. And for people that are just going to the bike park once in a while, there's yeah. not really a need for that second bike. Or even like downhill racing. If there's no downhill races, you probably don't need a downhill bike. Right. Do and you think if if you made your enduro bike heavier, do you think that would help? Definitely. You should make it really heavy. <laughs> yeah. I guess you didn't. Honestly, for, like, for park faster. stuff, then yeah, probably. Yeah. 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 One nil. Yeah. Um, um, so, Dario, let's talk about this Yeti downhill bike very briefly and why sure. we think it looks so good. Um, I think what's compelling is like how the fact that it is a one-off is like always enticing to people. It's like mm. the same, like uh, Evan Turpin had his Contra downhill bikes there and that kind of has the same allure. It's like, Ooh, wow. This is like one of whatever, a handful of things. And it's like quite cool to see that in person. Mm. I think with Yeti, there's like the additional aspect of like, they have a long history of downhill racing, but it's been a minute since they've had a downhill bike. And so it's like quite exciting to see this. You know, they they built it specifically for Richie Rude, who's allegedly pretty good at racing. Mm. You know, he's a current um, Oceana champ. Yeah. yeah, I mean, he's already yeah. like done really well on the bike, which is cool. And you know, we had that specialized Epic World Cup come out. Oh, a downhill bike, yeah. Right. But I was gonna say, do you think what do you think is more specialist, a downhill Whoa. bike or what I perceive to be a comfortable gravel bike? Do you know mm. what I mean? Like because well, I think so I think objectively it's a downhill bike because you can only go one direction with it. Yeah. Like you can kind of pedal a downhill okay, bike. Fair, but like, we haven't tried to descend the epic World Cup yet. We might. Well, that's exactly. Yeah, you need to bring two bikes with you. You strap yeah. one to your back and then switch it off. I mean, we have like we have a good amount of date. Like that's been getting ridden for a while, mm. and they've gone up and down on it because they um, apparently did a hundred simulation, a hundred thousand simulations via software. Uh, basically, I don't really understand how it works. It's something to do with chat GPT, I'm sure. Um, Wait, to, get, to gain what insight? Basically, to understand the relationship between strength and stiffness and where it had to go. So they ran through the software, loads of simulations, and then they Which basically saw the correlation about where it was, and they basically said, well, we'll make that. Then they went to the toilet, and they accidentally looked through a mountain biker magazine, and they saw the Trek soup or whatever it is, and thought, ah, but, and maybe it'll look a bit like this. <laughs> um, right. Kaz. Do you think that AI design, we've talked about this a lot, I'm, I'm fucking terrified of AI. Yeah, we've been talking about chat GPT <laughs> I, I am, AI. I am. Henry's not been sleeping lately because I, I told him about so the existence scared. of chat. It's such a bad idea. Like, you know how they said like 50 years ago, sorry, the, the place we are with like um, global warming now, oh, we couldn't have known. You did know and you didn't give a shit. And, and like, it just, it's, just, it's just the falsehood. It's going to be the same again. We've, the Terminator was a fucking documentary, man. Right. That's what's gonna happen. <laughs> yeah, I kind of like to watch the world burn, so I don't mind too much. Like, yeah. yeah, whatever. But um, I don't know. Was your question about are we going to get bikes designed by AI? Yeah, are we going to get bikes designed by AI? I think just scan the pink bike comments and just zap it up. I think so. Yeah. No, but I mean, I think there's probably some applications for like st- shortening the design process or just making things quicker. You mm. not shortcuts, but you can kind of use it. Yeah. I think it's going to get used mostly for like ad copy. That's really. I mean, you can go you, like, right now. Descends and then... mountains like a goat, and like that's <laughs> a very easy yeah. thing for a robot to write. The problem is that so all of our jobs are threatened. Yeah, all of our jobs. Are threatened. <laughs> no, we already went over this. It's not our jobs. It's the other people, the newcomers that were like your entry level marketer. Companies don't need them because they can right. use. Chat Ultimately, GPT. you need like a meat body to ride a bike, right. and well, I am a meat body. Right. If you could basically say review this bike and include like Gary Newman references or like, you know, make an oblique reference to Michael Keaton. That's, that's all I've got. Yeah. That is, that is all I've got. And once that goes, once they know pop culture references, which they do, I am 
I'm done. It's you true. Have I mean, to start using more numbers in your articles, and then you'll be fine. <laughs> yeah, confuse it. But yeah, I mean, I did put one in and said, you know, write a bike review in the style of Russell Brand, and it was it, and it was kind of like a Henry Quinn review. So, like, you, you maybe maybe a little bit to worry about, but we'll figure a way around. I'm so scared, Alicia. Are you scared of AI? Should we be scared of AI? I don't have a strong opinion on it yet. I think Get I'm one. kind of no in the in. I'm in the wait and see crowd. Oh, I think humans are really slow to change our habits, and so. I bet the people in charge of deciding what happens at Pinkbike for all of us and our jobs are going to be slower to come around than maybe you expect. Mm. I'm so so scared. Just so. I kind of see it as like, even if the capacity exists, it probably isn't going to be implemented to replace us anytime soon because it's still humans making decisions. You know what? It makes me, it strengthens my resolve to get, just get lots of sausage dogs and not think about the next generation. (laughs) Like I, I think that, I mean, I always forget that people like their children, admittedly. They're always like, hanging admittedly. out with them I'm like, oh, wait a minute. Yeah, you like them because to me, they're just annoying. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. But I think I could love a net, I'd love two sausage dogs, the same net equivalent as one child. Yeah, and so you should probably do that. I don't have to worry about that, you know, what they're going to, because the next generation's mm-hmm. screwed. Yeah, okay. sure. I think it's also important to learn like a hard skill. So something like, where there's like cabinet making or something that mm. it's hard literally, literally what do. I was doing before this job. <laughs> exactly. so, oh, yeah. Dude, go back. You, you, yeah. You've regressed. Well, once the robots yeah. take over it, you can go back to making cabinets. But you know, if you have something like that as like your backup, so if everything goes crazy and the robots are writing all the words, right. you can at least like build a nice fence. But it's not going to yeah. be. It's not going to be too long before they load up these these AI systems with, um, like voices, and it'll be like have a have a podcast, and it'll just be a, a fun chatty podcast, and it'll be way it'll be way better than ours. And we fucked. We, we, we are so fucked. See, I think part of what's compelling, though, about our podcast is that we're all people who people presumably want to know what's going on with. And if they didn't know that there are also real humans behind every person in this room, I just don't think it would be compelling to listen to. Okay. I like that there will be, like, in the future, some sort of blood tithe that you pay to art where you're like all right i am proving my humanity yeah. and you like slash your palm but to me, and you're like i am real and then yeah. you do your podcast but and it's just the same bullshit as ever but you have to do this like <laughs> an insane ritual beforehand before yeah but that's kind of funny because if we were ai generated this is probably the conversation we'd have to throw people off the scent right that's true yeah no one's gonna be able to tell and no that's the whole thing so lots of confusion but and the thing that oh god just, <laughs> Henry Scarling, uh, don't worry about it. Honestly, like I'm not panicked by much. Like I think, I think the, really? the, the world should, are you really? no, the, yeah. the world ending. I just see as like a narcissist sort of a narcissist endeavor. Like because we're like the world's ending. No, the humans' time on the earth is ending. I feel sorry for the animals we're going to take down that with us. Sounds really, like a blessing for all of us, really. Yeah, like it is. But AI, after watching the Terminator One and Two, and they franchised it, I can't yeah. believe it, man. I mean. I, I share your pessimism about... It's going to be so shit. Yeah. I mean, I don't know. It, it, it could go wrong, for sure. It will but, go wrong. Yeah. But it's kind of fun to watch. Probably. And as long as you can just ride your bike. Like, we all just go outside right. and ride our bikes. I'm like, stressed. Yeah. I, yeah. I'm, so I'm definitely... I'm, I'm in favor of, like, a short-term moratorium on development until, like, companies can kind of agree on a set of standards upon which to develop this stuff. Like, the fact that it's, like, Wild West right now is definitely troublesome. They interviewed Michael Schumacher. The man's in a bloody coma or what have you. He's, he's <laughs> you know, respecting privacy. And the eight, I don't know if you guys saw that German motorsport magazine. They no. ran an interview like, 
what Michael would basically an interview with Michael Schumacher <laughs> and they just put through chat GPT like what? Yeah. What, yeah. what would Michael Schumacher say and it's, I, know, I haven't read it but it's probably just like okay, so do you like do you like Ribena Mike yes <laughs> oh my yeah, god there are definitely ethical strange sections to it and things that people haven't even thought of because we never had this technology so yeah mm-hmm. I don't know where it's very weird and I'm not, definitely not smart enough to know like I mean even just the basics of how it actually works and creating it is mind-boggling so do you think that mm-hmm. where we'll get hung up though is in plagiarism because it's basically gleaning all of our like everyone that's contributed to the internet's work yeah it's tricky so, especially mm-hmm. for artists like you know if you had your if you create art in a certain style and you can use ai to create art in, in the style of that person so i could just say yeah. like make me a picture that looks like monet and then it makes it and then that's not a monet but it's also not exactly original so mm-hmm. there's more right. it's definitely mm-hmm. like artist copyright issues that yeah sort that out. piece I- of it's pretty concerning and I do think that, like, generally it's still a misnomer. Like, it's not, we're not dealing with, like, an intelligence, quote-unquote. It's still just a large language model. So it's, like, a, f- a series of scripts that are really good at taking a lot of words and making more words out of them. Or taking yeah, a lot of yeah. images and making more images out of them. And, like, mm-hmm. it's kind of collage still. Yeah, it's like a blender. It's, like a yeah, like a fancy yeah. aggregator blender type It's thing. only thinking insofar as, like, it can reference your question as a... <laughs> another series of words and then give it more words back like we're not talking to like another mind yet not yet and i am kind of excited by that prospect yeah like they're being like not terrified what if you just had a conversation with a human but it's like the call of the void thing where you're like whoa like imagine something that spooky i think next field test we should just go like we need to abandon western society as we know it let's get some tents and let's just go. I'm, I'm honestly, I'd happily do like a year's field test. We just take all the things we need. We go into the bush. I, I just, and we come out with some reviews. But I, I'm so disenchanted with AI life, with all this stuff going on. It I mean, you can just, you can selectively just not read these things. Yeah, you could do almost the same thing without disappearing. You could just not engage. Well, that with wouldn't it. be melodramatic and spiteful to my own to mm-hmm. my own aspirations. Yeah, I'm just like. It's like, leave me alone, mom. Like stomping up the stairs, you know what I mean? Yeah, of course. Um, I, I, yeah, I know, I, not to go on, but I, I do think it is terrifying. And I do think that in a hundred years time, there'll be just, you know, it will be the matrix and it'll be a case of like, if only we knew, like, listen, we know. And there are people selling us short for a bloody quick buck, but hey, <laughs> ho, what is everyone up to next? Alicia, what are your plans? Oh man, I have. Well, I don't have a very clear answer on this, but I'm going, I'm driving north today sometime to my dad's house and then I'm flying to a month of brain rehab. Oh, wow. Yeah. You excited? Uh, Well, sort of. Yeah. I don't think it'll be enjoyable in any sense, um, but maybe it will. And there's the chance that it'll make my brain feel better. And Mm -hmm. that sounds extremely nice. Yes. So I hope it works out, man. Yeah. I'm just kind of hoping that it helps me get better. I think it's super, I don't know, I mean, we've spoken about this so much and it's, it's amazing sort of, hmm, how to put it like, how the, the science around brain injuries really is growing and constantly mm-hmm. sort of, you know. It's amazing how little we know. Like mm, every yeah. time I ask a question um, to people who would know, presumably like doctors who are, you know, my brain people, mm. usually when I ask questions, they're like, we don't know, like, find out you should huh. do that thing and we'll see how it plays out but it's kind of like a nice like, parallel. Huh, okay is it because it's all case by case like yeah okay. i think i mean we just don't really know how the brain recovers from injuries i think mm-hmm. and a lot of it too is that 
the brain will try to solve problems over and over in many different ways. And if one way doesn't work out, it'll creatively try to find different ways. And mm-hmm. so it's been interesting trying to understand what's going on compared to an injury like a broken wrist where you're like, okay, just keep it still for a while and then it'll get better. And we sort of know how that'll play out. The brain, it can solve all kinds of problems in any number of ways. And we know how some of it will play out and we can, you know, more or less assume going to get better from here. We just don't know exactly how that's going to look. It's kind of a nice parallel of like, um, you know, just... When you, when you touch the long grass, start pulling the brakes and be done by the time. <laughs> and if you have a problem, radio it in. You know, that is a like- lot of what I've been comfortable with in my life so far. But yeah. yeah, this phase, I just kind of, I'm pretty burned out on it. I just want to be I'm done sure, with man. it. But you know, yeah. I, know it's, um, I know it's only a little old me, but I don't know. Just going through this process and I had a shit ton of respect for you before. I think <laughs> you go through it even more so, man. You know, I'm really trying my best. No, you're fucking, you're oh, doing yeah. so well. Thank you. Um, Mike, what's what's on the cards for you? Yeah, more bike riding. More yeah, bike springtime, riding. sunshine. Mm-hmm. We do have some value field testing coming up soon, so we got some budget bikes coming in. Yeah. So ride some budget bikes, and then yeah, it's kind of more like the prime testing season. So get home, chill. A quick question for you regarding the way that we test bikes. Um, a couple of years ago, during field test, there was like a sort of a budget limit imposed, mm-hmm. and then basically everyone brands were like, "Well, we're not gonna, we can't send you that <laughs> because of you know what they had availability oh, yeah. X Y Z." Do you think that that's something, you know, I, I think the value field bike tests are really, really good. Um, I think oftentimes what we're trying to isolate is actually the way the frame rides and we talk about the components, et cetera, et cetera. But do you think that's something that we should revisit? Are we, are we going no, to? No, I'm not sold on, yeah. I'm, I'm not sold either. Yeah, we're not going to do any kind of like hard cap on the bikes we review. Like we're definitely searching for value and going forward in our full bike reviews, there's going to be a section that kind of breaks down what the best value is from the company's lineup. So yeah. um, I just kind of, we did that for the last, the common solve that I reviewed. Yeah, it was great. Little, little chart they'll make it simple so people can pick and say like oh this is the one fits my budget and the parts are decent mm-hmm. that type of thing so we're not losing our focus on budget at all and that's why i do these value field tests and like mention what's good and not but um there's no reason to limit ourselves to a certain price cap when other things exist you know no totally man. i don't want to take anything as given but i think a lot of the time that the way that we review bikes i think we just try and inform we try and inform you know i suppose an already educated user about what best bike is we're not trying to do a wholesale someone's never mountain bike before and we're telling them to spend 12 grand on a bike we're of course not yeah exactly we're saying this frame does this really well but it does cost twelve thousand dollars but you can still get this for this and i don't know i think that a lot of time it can seem people can feel maybe that there's an element of elitism or you know we're trying to sort of like say oh you need the we we, we absolutely don't yeah no not at all and even think, yeah like yeah. all of us have I mean, that's why we're trying to do even more of these editors insights articles they're just ways mm. that people can kind of know what we ride um, what we like, because even given unlimited budget, I don't think any of us here would go out and buy that these fifteen thousand no, dollars super no bikes. No. You know, so I think just trying to convey that there are lots of great, like not super expensive ways to enjoy the sport. It's that's still going to be like a theme. But if you know some crazy fancy bike comes out, we're going to want to ride that too. It's just kind of like how you you can review Toyota Camrys and Lamborghinis in the same yeah. space. Yeah, I think like any of those spec charts, if you know a brand has enough different models within a given bike's lineup they end up kind of looking like a bell curve where it's like you have one that's probably ideal for most people, but like, it doesn't mean the rest are crap. Like there are very good bikes on both ends of that ideal thing. And like maybe very few people need the cheapest one and very few people need the most expensive one. But like within the middle, there's a lot, yeah. especially from the big brands. There's yeah, like, so exactly. many different mm-hmm. and there's, like there's no need to shame anybody for anything that they want to purchase. Like these are all just like, uh, you know, elective 
collective toys that you're buying. So if somebody wants to have like a fancy toy, that's fine. If they want yeah. an average toy, that's good too. There are and, definitely some like obscene toys I've seen at Sea Otter so oh, yeah. far. But yeah. like, and I wouldn't ever want to be seen riding one. But you know, but that but, more power to you if you want that. But it is aspirational. It is mountain biking. Is dress up for adults. You know? In a way, it, it, no. It's, it's also I mean, really fun just no, to no, like no, roll around on your little toy. But, like, I think that you know. I think that there is. I, mean, I think you see it more in road cycling than you do mountain biking, but people just want to, you know, they want to wear all the fancy kit that matches and the sunglasses that make them look like a pro and this, that, and the other. And it is just, it's just dress up, and that's fine. Yeah, yeah, it's okay to mm-hmm. it's yeah. okay to suspend. You know, you might do a job that you know is about enabling a lifestyle, and it's fun to suspend that and go mm. into your own little world, and that's absolutely great. Mm. Um, Dario, speaking of your own little world, let's come to you. What have you got going on? In my little world, uh, kind of same as Mike. Stoked to ride. It's going to be beautiful in Bellingham. It's been a pretty mild winter, but I'm excited to see it taper off. Um, I'm sticking around California for a couple more days. Going to go see some friends, ride some different trails. Hopefully, I'll find a bike to borrow. And then head back to back to home. Yeah, we're doing the value field test soon. And hoping to see a lot of cool new bikes yeah. in the short term and then as stuff melts out like trying to get further up into canada more yeah nice then yeah very good mega yeah i think yeah we're just all gonna go back i'm going back to squamish so every i try and have a structure where every six months i go on such a horrific bender that i don't drink again for another six months and i've committed to that being monday night is it uh, like over the course of six months or just one time within one, one, one bender and um all right I that's healthy is, is that solo or with like a why monday oh, night no, okay. no, 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 it's with friends. I have committed uh, to go to like a, some kind of night they've arranged, and I'm really excited. But I is it like a Henry's once a year bender night, or that, is it like a... I think that they're aware of, of that's the sort of mindset I'm going into it with. Is this like when you end up on the train tracks again? L- yes. Yeah. Both metaphorical and literal. Uh-huh. Um, Pemberton isn't that far out of Whistler, so I'll just fucking have a wander up. Um, but basically, it's a really, I think the weather's looking really good in Squamish now. And I, I don't mind being hungover when it's a rainy, horrible day, but being hungover when it's sunny outside sucks. So I don't know if I might have to, I might have to delay the bender. Yeah. Cause I'd rather yeah. ride my bike than it's better to not drink and ride than to yeah. drink and not ride. Yeah, exactly. Mm-hmm, so, mm-hmm. you know, just got a, that's a bit of a quandary. I found myself in <laughs> tough, tough choices. You're like, yeah. if I do it now, it will set me up until basically it set me up until October. I'll be, I'll be completely on the wagon until, you know, autumn. If I get, <laughs> if I get the one horrific two, three day hangover, you know, 6am job out of the way early on, then it'll yeah. just set me good. You huh. could shortcut this and just decide you don't feel like drinking for the next six months. No, 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 no. That is far too enlightened and prepared. <laughs> what if you like intentionally get food poisoning or something like Ooh, that? Oh, that's, I like <laughs> it. Thinking. Get See, this, is, this is how we go. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Mm. We're kind of near the ocean. There's just probably some like purge. old fish or something. Just go you drink can... a bunch of seawater or go to the Monterey Bay Aquarium and like lick all the kids' exhibits. <laughs> <laughs> you just get like, get really sick get, uh, and you won't want anything yeah. for a while. Yeah. yeah. You'll just like, okay, this is good. Yeah, Brainstorm, guys. Uh-huh. I mean, along the line of thinking that you're following. Sweet. So if anyone is in Pemberton and they see a man on the train tracks on Monday <laughs> night, that's me. This is not a drill. Please just get me a blanket and give me a nice, good, some nice words. A lot um, of water, probably. Yeah. Man. I was talking to someone about that. Did I ever tell you that the lady that house I broke into to stay warm? <laughs> uh, I understand the story, but it, un- it just sounds so incriminating. Dying, uh, having a horrible time, nearly freezing to death, found a house with a light on, 
somehow got into it, woke up with them there screaming at me. And basically, they came home from a fancy dress party and they were in police uniforms. Oh, no. In a fancy dress. They were shy. I was scared. <laughs> All I could say was warm. Anyway. I didn't know that still yet. Yeah. So, I mean, there's so much details I haven't told you. <laughs> it's just all trickling out of a time. But um, basically, I talked about this in a podcast, and then her friend heard the podcast, and they got in touch. And, you know, so basically, <laughs> I bought my meal and stuff and said, thank you very much. We ended up catching up for an hour. Wow. And they were so lovely, man. Wow. They didn't, like, file suit or anything. No, they, they just said, like, it was a bit weird <laughs> to find you there, which we were shocked, <laughs> understandably. But they were so kind and, you know, and oh, sorted me out big lovely. time. So. That's yeah. awesome. Yeah, they were just great. I mean, it could have gone a lot bloody worse. Yeah, sure. It could. Have, I mean, it's. Yeah. I mean, especially joking aside, I was thinking about it, obviously all these sort of you know a spate of quite worrying events in America about people you know going up to the wrong house and things like that. Yeah, sure. and I yeah. managed to break into someone's house, go to sleep, yeah. then find me, and then then drive me to my actual house. A testament was, to Canadian society. Canadian, yeah. They're much That's more. Wild. Wild. I was, yeah, I was. I felt tremendously lucky for their and for their kindness. That's for sure. And um, and all the other pieces like surviving the road part before the that the road and the train tracks yeah. and the, the bushwhacking and there were some elements of that story <laughs> yeah. I think I told you about after the fact which we won't go into now but it was a gnarly night yeah and I yeah going back. so maybe I don't think you need a bender this year I think it'd be a bender free year and you just kind of like coast into the summer and then we just mm. ride the lifts and it'd be nice and yeah, yeah. just drink tea just drink tea. drink tea yeah, yeah. Hmm. Or yeah maybe yeah maybe yeah. yeah that sounds nice actually yeah. Just come on down. We'll have a tea party mm-hmm. once I'm back in Bellingham and these guys are back in Bellingham. A tea party? Yeah. yeah. yeah you guys sure have opinions of my British sensibilities. Yeah. <laughs> Let's put that door to. Yeah. <laughs> have a nice tea party. Get kettle on. <laughs> Lovely. That sounds really, really, really quite splendid. And I think we're going to leave it there. So thank you very much for listening. It's 